0: You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really... Fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go. But guess what? This offer also includes... 10 free items on top of that that other item so you get 1 free item for penis havers 1 free item for vulva havers 1 free item for couples and then you also get 6 free movies from the AdamEve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film I love free movies, they're so awesome this is such a great deal and then on top of that you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com, you're going to go to checkout, and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K. Content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello! Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm, of course, your disabled Dick Smith, Andrew Gerza, your number one queer cripple, Andrew Gerza. I am all of these things, and I'm your host with the most, shining a bright light on all these topics with you. Right now, let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and get this show started. So, around the middle of 2019, when iTunes was starting to change all the all the ways they were doing stuff in their categories for podcasts, Disability After Dark got moved into the wider health and fitness category on iTunes and on other podcast platforms we kind of got moved into health and fitness and we moved away from sexuality that was not my choice that was just the choice of the way the podcast started being labeled was a health and fitness podcast and I guess that's because we were I am talking primarily about disability and I guess we always have to unfortunately in our society we always have to tie disability into health so we we kind of started out we kind of started becoming a a health podcast and all the things that I was seeing and I then just recently was the podcast was a runner up for the twenty nineteen best health and fitness podcast for the discover pod awards for twenty nineteen which is super awesome and I'm really proud of that and so because we have kind of been been put in this health and fitness category as a show. I wanted to do some more health-related episodes, kind of like a how-to batch of episodes that will give people tips and tricks on how to help disabled people they may be interested in romantically with our day-to-day disability tasks, whilst also teaching them about the experience of disability in the wider context. So I really wanted to be able to give people who are listening I wanted to give them tips and tricks on how to on how to re- help somebody that they maybe wanted to go on a date with or maybe when they were fucking somebody they they were spending time with and getting intimate with. I wanted to give them a step-by-step how to guide on how to do certain disability things so that they don't feel like they're like oh no, how do I do this? They can be like actually Andrew has a great podcast. Let me go back to that. So that's one of the episodes that I want to do today. And let me tell you my idea for today's episode. One of the biggest, most popular questions that we as disabled people get all the time from both children and adults alike around our disabilities and our disabled bodies is, I bet you can all guess what it is, the question we get all the time is, how do you go to the bathroom? People are so, so curious about this question. They seem to be fascinated by this question. It's almost like they can't fathom the fact that we might actually need to go pee, and they haven't considered how we go pee, and they haven't also considered how how for many of us with disabilities, going pee might look or feel different than how it might for an able-bodied person. But I get this question all the time, from, just from from young and old, people are like, hey, how do you go to the bathroom? It's something that they have. they'll ask me off the cuff, they'll ask me in elevators, they'll ask me... Um, somebody asked me once as we were making out. It was a very awkward date, and we didn't see each other after that, but that kind of stuff happens all the time. So this is such a common question. And when I was younger... I would often say things like, Well, I go to the bathroom just like you do to kind of normalize the experience for myself and make it something palatable that I could understand. I wanted to just like, Yeah, I go pee. I go pee like you do. I use the bathroom like you do. No problem. And in some respects, I do use the bathroom just like another able bodied person. It's just the processes to complete the task of using the bathroom that can look and feel different, and these are the things that we need to talk about, and I wanted to explore some of those differences and realities in this episode today. Okay, so the very first thing I want you to do, I want you to close your eyes for a minute, and I want you to picture yourself in bed with the hottest, sexiest, most attractive disabled person you've ever spent time with. So take a minute and do that. Now, I'm totally okay if you pictured me. If if the person you pictured was me, I'm totally fine with that. That's, thank you so much if, if I was the one you thought about. But as you're picturing the hottest, sexiest, disabled person you've ever spent time with, I want you to imagine that you've just finished an amazing sexual experience with them or you're in the middle of giving them an, giving them an amazing sexual experience or having an amazing sexual experience with them or they're, they're having an amazing sexual experience with you and all of a sudden they stop what they're doing, they look you dead in the face and they say, Hey, I need to use the bathroom and I need your help. I wonder, would anybody know what to do and how to help them? The first thing you should know is that I've been in this situation where I need help to use the bathroom with a lover more times than I can count. And if I'm asking you for help in the bathroom as my lover, it's pretty apparent that I don't have another option and there are no attendants around, and I'm vulnerable, which is why I'm asking you for help in the first place. Sometimes I've also asked a lover to help me in the bathroom as a sort of litmus test to gauge just how comfortable they were with the reality of disability. And that's sort of why I wanted to do this type of episode, too, because I wanted disabled listeners to feel that they can ask their lovers for help if they need it, if they're in this situation, and there's no shame in doing that. But in, in asking them for help, you also see how quickly someone is truly uncomfortable with the fact that you're disabled when you ask for help in the bathroom. So, if you are tasked with the task of helping your disabled lover use the bathroom in the middle of sex, the first thing you need to do in order to help them, no matter what their level of disability is or your level of disability is, if your disabled lover asks you for help in the bathroom, the very first thing you need to do is not panic. I cannot even tell you the number of times that I've been with dudes in bed who've just blown me for an hour and we're in the middle of like the, some really hot sex and we're in the middle of stuff and then I mentioned maybe needing to pee and they will freak the fuck out. All of a sudden, my disabled body is way too much for them to deal with but 20 seconds before, they were all up in this getting their piece of me and then loving it. But the minute I was like, yo, I need a real thing from you, it just became way too much for them to deal with. I never really understood how you could be so comfy sucking my dick, but you couldn't be okay helping that same body part relieve itself. It's always been super weird to me. So the very first thing you're going to do, if I, if, you're, if, you, if you and your hot lover are in bed together, and they're disabled, and they're in Dead Turtle, and they need your help, and they say, hey, I need help, the very first thing I would suggest that you do is not panic. I want to also stress that it's important for you as the lover, and I'm speaking to somebody who... The scenario I have in my head is that the is that you are not as disabled as your disabled lover, and you can provide them with help. So it's important for you to stay calm because oftentimes your disabled lover can sense your stress level. And this can make it hard for them to remain calm when they need to not have an accident in your sexy bed or they need to direct you as to what to do. If you're freaking out and I need to go pee and I need to tell you what to do and you're freaking out, I get more tense and then I can't tell you what to do. So it's really helpful if you stay calm so you can help me with what I need. So when your hot disabled lover asks you for help to go pee, you might practice by saying, oh, okay, what can I do to help you here? What what kind of things do you need? What do you need in this scenario to make this okay for you? And really practice that because, trust me, when you're panicking and I'm nakedly in your bed waiting to go pee and not piss all over your sheets while we're fucking or my sheets while we're fucking, I... Watching you panic as I need help is not not really a good look, and it may may make me question whether or not I want to mess around again, because I'm like, if you're going to freak out over this, how are we going to hang out again if I really need something? So it's best if you stay as calm as possible. And I know you might be nervous, and I know you might be feeling like you don't want to fuck things up here, but if you start panicking around my room, which I've seen guys do when I ask for help, they get all sweaty and panicky and stuttery and weird. And so, like, if you panic, it's not gonna make it easy for us to do this, and it makes me feel like I shouldn't have asked you in the first place, and then it leaves me stuck in a room with a guy that can't help me, which isn't helpful (laughs) for anyone. So try your best to remain calm. Also, if you're the disabled person in need of help in this scenario, if you're the one that is disabled and needs to pee here, you might want to tell your partner as soon as you feel the urge to use the toilet. I, when I could pee on my own and, and could do this quite simply, had a tendency to wait to the point where I was in pain because I wanted to maintain this sexy facade. And that made it super difficult for anybody to help me because by the time I admitted that I had to pee, I was like, oh my god, I have to pee, hurry up, please help! And it was really hard for anybody to actually help me. So I would highly recommend that if you're the disabled party and all this, that you... Tell your partner first off right away that you need to pee. In fact, if you're disabled and you're storyboarding your sex with your partner and telling them how the sex might work, you may also want to also advise them how going to the bathroom might work before you do anything with your partner so that everybody's on the same page and we're all kind of comfortable. But if that can happen for you, let me guide you through how you could help your disabled lover. I'm gonna walk I'm gonna walk you through what to do now. If, if in the event you're in the middle of things and your your person needs to pee, let me tell you how that how we can do that. Luckily many of us with disabilities have been directing our care in the bathroom since we were little tots. We know what to do, and we know exactly how we need things to be. I will say that needing to pee during sex with a partner and knowing that you need a whole lot of help can be really jarring for the disabled person in that moment. And having to switch from a sexy-seated love siren and immediately transition into needing help, having to go from like, hey, lover, to, hey, man, I need to pee. Can you help me out with that? It can be really jarring sometimes. So to do that transition from sexy love siren to quasi-professional disabled person can really increase the internalized ableism your disabled lover might be experiencing so if you see during the process where you're trying to help them if you see them start to apologize profusely say like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that i need your help right now i'm so so sorry which is a thing that i do a lot when i need help from somebody that i think is super hot i feel super embarrassed and I apologize way too much. So if you see them doing that or if they ask you things like, hey, are you all right? Are you okay? Is this too much for you? If they start checking in on whether you're okay, this could all be a byproduct of internalized ableism and fear and you may just want to recognize that and and reassure them that it's okay. They need your help and they can... It's okay. And just reassure them because it will make the process go by a little bit faster if they're calm too. You don't wanna make the disabled person feel like they can't, um, you don't wanna make them feel like they, they you don't wanna make them even more uncomfortable during this moment. So just try to reassure them and realize if they apologize or ask about your well-being, it's just ableism and fear they're feeling. In the imagery in our heads, as disabled people, we don't often have asking our hot lover to help us go pee, and that's where a lot of the ableism can stem from—just that fear of, like, oh no, now they're gonna see the real me, and this is too scary. So that's where some of my apologizing comes from. So, what to do if you're already in bed with your disabled lover, and you're and they're uh, in in a laying down position, you may not have to move them at all to help them go pee. And if your lover is a penis-having person, you may be able to help them right from the bed, which makes things so much easier. You can pick up a plastic urinal. I don't know if anybody, all the disabled people that I'm talking to, when I say plastic urinal, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who are listening who may have never had experience with a plastic urinal, they're just a a portable urinal that you can pee into. You can get them on Amazon, you can get them at any medical supply store for like five to 10 bucks a piece. They're really, really great to have in your in your space. If you're hanging out with a disabled person, if you're dating a disabled person, you may want to get one or two of these just to have lying around in the event that you would need to help them. I have two or three in my house when I do my catheter I use them and we'll get to that as to how, to how to do that with the catheter but they're great things to have and if you're dating somebody with a disability or fucking somebody with a disability they'll probably, if they gotta pee they'll probably bring their stuff but just in case you you definitely would want to pick one up and have it in your bathroom at the ready because who knows you might meet me at a bar one night or on, on an app and you might want to bring me home and you want to know that you have things for me to pee into so you can definitely pick one up and there's a whole bunch of different types just your basic plastic urinal is a good start so you have the urinal and if 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 your lover can pee by themselves you can put the urinal between their legs and if you, so if your penis-having lover can pee by themselves, you can put the urinal between their legs and help them pee. If that works for them, that used to work for me a lot when I had to pee. You would just shove the urinal there and I would pee, and it was super easy to do that. Now, before you help them pee like that and put the urinal between their legs, you want to make sure the urinal is clean, super clean before you offer it to them. And you want to make sure that any rough plastic edges on the part of the urinal where your penis would go are not too rough because that really hurts. That's, that's happened to me a bunch of times on my penis where, like, they, somebody would help me pee and there would be a weird, jagged plastic edge, which doesn't feel nice when you're trying to pee, and so you just want to make sure before you offer them the urinal that it's clean and it's, there are no jaggedy plastic edges there where, where someone's gonna going to put their dick. So, once you've made sure the urinal is clean and there are no hard edges, you can then either give it to them put and put it between their legs, like we said, or you can help your disabled lover position in a way where they can pee. Now, this might mean you'd have to help your disabled lover by rolling them on their side, Usually, it's for me anyway, when I do this, when I used to do this, it was on my left side, and you'd place a hand on my hip, kind of just before my ass, which, if you're my hot lover, could also be a sexy foreplay thing if you wanted to. So you could hold me on my left side, hold the urinal there gently while I peed. And this I used to do this all the time, and that, that was a super easy way to help me go pee. So you would hold the urinal up to my up to my dick and you would hold it gently. Do this gently. Don't jam the urinal in there. Sometimes when people are trying to help me go pee and they don't know what they're doing, they'll take the urinal and they'll just jam it up against your genitalia, which does not feel nice and is not is not I know you're trying to help, but it doesn't feel very good. So gently put the urinal where where your lover's penis would be and just hold it there while they can pee. And this will help your disabled lover feel safe enough to relax and just pee knowing they don't have to worry about the urinal moving There was one instance one time like in in my first year in college where a lover that I that I took home from a bar I had to pee and he grabbed a 2 liter pop bottle and I went pee into that and this is a great option if you're if your disabled lover and needs to pee in a pinch and you don't have a urinal and they forgot the urinal and, and they don't have the things they need, peeing in a pop bottle is a great is a great option if you're stuck. So that can totally work too. This is a great option if your lover can pee on their own or uses the catheter and you need somewhere to, for the pee to go. Now for vagina having lovers this is somewhat different. I talked to my friends who have vaginas and who have complex disabilities where they need help to pee, and they told me that you can get a urinal from Amazon that has a that has a a cup kind of apparatus on it. It's a it's a gendered term. It's a female urinal. But it has a a cup on it that you can that somebody with a vagina can pee into. But my friends with vaginas said that it was way harder to actually use these urinals. They weren't super easy to navigate, and they weren't fun to help somebody with. My one friend, Kristen, who you've heard on the show before, in a phone call to me, said, um, it's like a big, long cup, but it's really d- difficult and difficult when she uses them, she has a ton of anxiety using them and they're not super they're not super easy to to use or to help somebody with. In that conversation, Kristen and I both said, you know, you might have to help your lover, your hot disabled lover, by putting a diaper on your on them. And you know what, that's okay, and can still be sexy as fuck, and that's totally fine. If that's something your lover needs. You may want to stock up on adult diapers, that's, that's totally okay. That's totally fine. Another option in this instance is if your disabled lover can sit on the toilet and is able to sit on the toilet or be held on the toilet, you could, if you have the ability, you could carry them from your sexy bed or their sexy bed to the toilet and help them by holding them in place as they pee. This can be done fairly easily if you, if you feel you have the strength and if you are both comfortable in this process. Check in with your disabled lover how they like to be lifted, what this means for them before you offer to do this. If either of you don't feel comfortable doing this, do not try and look for other solutions. You want to make sure that if you hold them on the toilet, and if you're holding your lover on the toilet, which, when I talked to Kristen, she said that she gets held on the toilet a lot because she's tinier and it's easier for her. And so, and I asked her, she said I could speak about this. So, um, you want to make sure that if you hold your lover, your disabled lover, on the toilet, that they are safe and they feel steady. Also, remember that when you're holding somebody on the toilet, that people can get pee shy. If you're holding me intently on the toilet, especially if you're a new lover who I don't know very well or who I haven't really spent a lot of time with, I can get super shy. And if you're staring at me intently while I'm trying to pee and holding me there, it can be super aux and super uncomfortable and not super sexy. So... There was one time I was with a lover, and I had to pee, and I couldn't pee, and they were holding the urinal there, and we sat there for an hour and a half and talked about, I don't even remember, but I remember just sitting there feeling super awkward about it, being like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so uncomfortable about this because I had to pee, and I couldn't, and this dude was there. So remember, if you're holding your lover on the toilet, you may be there for a while. So get comfy, cozy, and... Cr- and um, Get comfy and cozy with them because they're gonna need. They might need you to be there a while, and you might have to hold them. And also, they might just get pee shy. So get ready for that. Now, if your disabled lover d- doesn't happen to have use of their bladder muscles on their own, this might mean that you would have to help them catheterize. I know how scary the idea of a catheter might sound to you all, those of you who don't use it, and the idea can seem kind of squirmy, I know, and it, even when before I started doing catheters myself, the idea just was like, Whoa, no, no, ew, no, oh God. But many of us have to do it multiple times a day, and many of us need help doing it. And if you have a lover who needs help with the catheterization, it would be good to learn how to assist so I'm going to take you through some of the steps on how this can be done so you can help them if ever you're in, you're in the throes of passion and they say, hey, I need help with the catheter, can you help me out? You'll know what to do, and I think these are really important things to learn if you want to ever fuck around with a disabled person. These are things that they might need help with. So I want to offer these steps to you and how I, how I catheterize so you know how it's done, and what you should do to help them. So we're gonna do that now. Alright, so let's get into it. The first thing you wanna do when helping someone to catheterize is to, again, stay calm. And by this I mean, if I mention that I need help Cathing, please don't make a face like it's the worst possible thing in the world that could possibly happen for us, and it's the worst possible thing that you'd have to do for us. I've shown people that I've liked how to cast me with my attendant in the room and the look of absolute horror on their faces is both hysterical, it's really funny because they're like, oh no, you can just see them be like, "Mm." you can see their bodies be like, no, 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 no. But also, it can be really difficult to think what might happen if I need their help when I see a face like that it reminds me again like oh you can't help me cuz you're freaking out over how it's going to feel and so i think we need to when you when you do that do your when you when i ask let's try again when you are thinking about catheterizing somebody and the moment happens try really hard not to make that face i don't love being catheterized but i have to do it so let's get it done together The next step is you want to stay calm, oh no, we did that already. The next step is you want to thoroughly wash your hands. I stress this because so many people in the care industry that do care with me in my home many times a day try to come in here and don't wash your hands. They throw in a glove right away and that's not how you do it. And they think that if they just put on a vinyl glove, they'll be okay. And that's not really cool, that's kind of gross. And I want to make sure you wash your hands. And so, so many of us who have care provided to us know the importance of a clean, sterile environment, but so many caregivers forget this. So if you're helping somebody for the first time, wash your hands thoroughly. And I don't mean just like throw your hands under the tap, I mean like really sit there and scrub like you're going into, into surgery for a minute. Really scrub because you know what sucks? getting an infection because the person helping you didn't wash their hands, and so I don't want to get some kind of infection because you didn't wash your hands when you want to help me. So don't just run to put on a glove, wash your hands first. Seriously, do this well and repeatedly throughout this process, one or two times during the process itself, wash your hands. Think of it like this. If you wash your hands thoroughly during this process and you make sure that there's no possible infection by doing everything you can, and sometimes infections happen regardless, so don't be too freaked out, but if you do everything you can to ensure that your disabled lover does not get an infection here, that means you can have more hot sex with your disabled lover. And if you... Do things where you where you stay calm, it also means we can get the pee thing done faster so we can go back to fucking. And so those are some incentives to stay calm and to wash your hands. You get to sleep with your hot disabled lover more because they won't have gotten an infection and they won't feel weird about asking you for help. So those are those are great incentives to help, right? So the next step is, after <laughs> washing your hands thoroughly... You want to put on non-powdered vinyl gloves, and you want to make sure that if your partner doesn't have them, or your your disabled sex partner doesn't have the gloves with them, that you have a pair of non-powdered vinyl gloves. Because if they're powdered, sometimes the powder can be, can the person can be allergic to them. Also, you want to make sure they're non-latex powdered gloves. Vinyl is usually what's what comes in a box, they come in a box of 100. You can get them at a CVS. You can get them at, like, a, a, a hair-dyeing store. You can pretty much get them anywhere. They're, but I would recommend that if you're going to be hanging out with a disabled person regularly, you're going to want to have some on hand. Because sometimes the disabled person forgets and they don't have them there, and you want to make sure you have these at all times. So you're going to want to get those, you're going to want to put them on, and then, then what you're going to do is you're going to... Get something called a straight catheter. Now, there are a few types of catheters we can speak about. There's indwelling, which means it goes inside your body and stays there. Those are the ones they often use in the hospital, the ones that stay. Um, Those ones you don't have to do a lot of stuff with. They just get changed by a nurse once once a month, usually. Um, There's a straight cath, which is the one we'll be talking about right now, which is one that goes... It's also called an in-and-out catheter, which means it goes in, you go pee, and then it comes out again, and it's immediately discarded and thrown away. You never keep them because they have, they're inside your body, and they get thrown away. So so the catheter we're looking at for this, that I use to to be catheterized, is called a straight cath, or an in-and-out. Or sometimes it's referred to as an intermittent catheter. So like, Again, that's just fancy code for in and out. So it goes in, you pee, it comes out. If your hot disabled lover casts a lot and does this a lot and this is a frequent thing, they'll probably have some and they'll probably bring some of theirs with them to your place or if you go to their place to mess around or whatever, they'll they'll have some probably most likely. But in the event that they don't have them, you can go to any medical supply store and you can check and see what size your partner uses. Again, if they're a penis-having person, they go from about 10 10 to 16 French, which is a weird designation for catheters. I'm not sure quite what it means, Uh, but they go from about 10 to 16 French, which... Basically, measure the size of your urethral opening. Sexy, right? Hey, I have a really big urethral opening. Wanna see? Of <laughs> um, my urethral opening, just so we all know how, how big mine is. My urethral opening is about 12, 12 French, and all my catheters are 12 French because that means they're not too big for my urethra and they don't hurt when you when you put the catheter in. Because if you get a if you get a size too big. It can hurt like a motherfucker when it's going inside you. So you want to make sure to check your partner's size, and if you need to go to a medical supply store to get some, I would think it would be super sweet if a lover of mine had, you know, got some catheters and was like, I got these in case we we ever do stuff together. That would be super, I would be really into that. P.S. Future lovers of Andrew, stock up on those catheters, y'all. Okay, so you got your gloves on, you pulled out the catheter, which is still going to be, you want it to stay sealed in the package that it came in, whatever packaging it came in, and whatever type you have of an In-N-Out catheter, you want to make sure that it stays sterile in the package until you absolutely have to use it. So then, you're going to want to get a tube of medical lube to lubricate both your partner's genitals and the catheters. So, again, if you're hot, sexy, disabled lover, Castle a lot. They'll probably have this with them, but if not, you can, again, go to the same medical supply store where you got the catheters and get some medical lube. I need to say this and because it, it's been offered to me before. Do not use, if you use sexual lubricant like KY or something to fuck around, don't use sex lube to do a catheter. I had somebody once that was like, hey, maybe the sex lube would work on the catheter. And I was like, oh, that feels weird. Let's not do that. So we didn't do it. But don't use sex lube when you're lubing up the catheter. They are not the same thing and they do not work the same. Nobody wants to have warming sexy lube up their urethra when they're trying to go pee. Nobody wants that. So make sure that they have medical lube with them, or you've gone to the medical supply store and picked some up. It's relatively cheap, it comes in a brand called Muco, which is what I use in like a blue and white tube, Uh, and you want to make sure you have that with you before you do anything, because that's going to ensure that when you put the thing inside their body, it's less painful. Because you have to remember that the, the catheter is a piece of plastic and it's bendy and it's it's some of them are bendy, some of them mine are bendy and kind of red, some of them are just straight and plastic and they really hurt going in. So the more lube you have, the less pain will happen to your partner. Nobody wants to hurt their sexy disabled lover when they're just trying to help them go peace. So you wanna make sure that you use the lube really liberally and you want to put it all over the. For me, I have them put it all over the head of my penis, and all over the, um, all over the, the 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 catheter, all over the, all the places because I don't want it to hurt. And you don't. Want, when it goes inside, you don't want to damage any of the the urinary tract when you're when you're putting in the catheter. So you want to make sure to use a lot of lube. Waste it if you have to. Doesn't matter. I don't I like it when a lot is used because it doesn't hurt. It feels better. From here, you wanna get a four ply gauze and they usually come in see a little squares that are they're like sterile pieces of gauze and you wanna get two of those usually and you wanna put a lot of lube on these as well because one of them you're gonna put you're gonna put around the catheter before you put it in the body so that they, so that it's fully lubed up and everything remains sterile. So you want to put a lot of lube there as well. And this is so you can properly... You want to use the gauze so you can properly lubricate everything and not touch it with your hands. You do not want to touch the catheter with your hands, even gloved, because then it doesn't become sterile anymore. And so you want to make sure that you don't touch the catheter with your, with your gloved hand or bare hand ever. If your partner has a penis, or even an enlarged clitoris, or whatever it is they have, you would want to make sure to clean it with baby wipes or alcohol wipes, and then, if you haven't already at this point, lubricate the head of the penis. You want to do this again liberally with a lot of lube, and very gently, because the lube is cold sometimes, so you don't want to like blurp it on there, but you want to just lubricate it very liberally. You would then take the plastic urinal that we talked about earlier, or a bedpan, or a pop bottle, or whatever you have on hand to get the pee into. Sometimes you can just do it into a blue pad, and if you're in the shower fucking, sometimes I pee in the shower with the catheter. So, really, whatever you have on hand for the pee to go, you want it to go somewhere, so you want to get that ready as you're, after you've lubricated the the penis, you want to make sure that you have something for the pee to go into. Now here's the fun part. You would then grab your partner's penis, gently and firmly, and hold it up to the sky, almost like you were gonna jerk it off, and you were gonna like get this person off, and you were gonna like do the jerk, the, the typical hand job motion that we're all, all of us are so used to seeing when we think about jerking off a penis. Um, so you want to hold it firmly and do that. And this is not usually the time to get turned on or get an erection because it's hard to put a catheter in when your dick is hard. I know, I've been there. So try not to get turned on too much. Um, this is not ideal, but if you get turned on, that's cool, but it just makes it a little bit harder to get the catheter in there. So maybe don't get excited right at this moment and don't turn this exact moment into a sexy thing. At this point, then, you'd want to slowly insert the catheter up into your partner's bladder. You might think that by doing this quickly, really fast, like putting the catheter in really, really fast, would eliminate any chance of hurting your disabled lover. And for some people who have no feeling there, that might be the way to go. If they tell you that that's what they like, then you can do that. But usually, you'd want to go in pretty moderately moderately, slowly, not too slow, but at a moderate pace because I've had some lover who, I've had some, not lovers, I've had some people do my care and they wanted not to hurt me and they did it rather quickly and I can tell you that I like pain in the bedroom and I like pain on my genitals a little bit, but I don't like that kind of pain. That kind of pain does not feel super good. To give you an idea of what it feels like when the catheter is going in wrong or when it hurts, it feels like your urinary tract is burning from the inside out and it does not feel super nice at all. So you want to make sure to go at a moderate pace so you don't hurt your lover. The important thing here is that as you are helping the catheter go through the urinary tract and up into the bladder, you need to tell your disabled lover to breathe. Usually. When I do this, I already already know to breathe and, and it's totally part of what I already do. But you want to tell your disabled lover to breathe and to stay calm. And again, maybe this is not the moment exactly to make jokes or anything or to be too playful because putting the catheter in, I need to concentrate on what you're doing so that I can stay calm while it's happening. So both of you breathe and put the catheter in. Slowly the breathing also makes it so that all the muscles for me relax and so when you go to when you go to insert the catheter from the urinary tract into my bladder actually the door of my bladder the the sphincter that goes from my urinary tract to my bladder will open and i can only do that if i'm entirely relaxed so if i'm turned on if i'm excited if i'm erect none of that's happening so you don't want to you really want to make sure that this is a this is a a, a concentrated effort where we're paying attention to what we're doing. And of course, as all this is happening, and if you are the non-disabled partner helping the disabled person, make sure you listen to them and you see how they're reacting, and you just double-check that they're okay. And if this means you have to ask if they're okay a lot, that's do that. Keep doing that. Just check in to make sure they're alright, because they're the ones who are having a plastic thing inserted in their body, which means that they can feel everything, so you just just double-check a lot to make sure they're okay. When the pee starts to flow, you'll want the urinal or the pop bottle or whatever it is you've used close by because at this point, as soon as the pee starts to flow, things are going to happen pretty fast. Um, when the, Last night, for instance, when I was doing it upon this recording, I had two care workers who had never really done it a lot before, and they were trying to help each other, but they had the catheter sticking up out of me before. Just as they were getting it in, they had it up towards my face. So had I put my face down, I would have peed on myself in my eyeballs. So you don't want to ha- you don't want to do that for your disabled lover, and you want to make sure that the urinals close by or the pee receptacle, whatever it is, is close by. Because nobody wants to get pee in their eyes or in their mouths, usually, unless that's a thing you're into, which you can surely talk about with your lover if you, if that's what you're into, by all means, go ahead. But know that this could also be a really funny memory if you do get pee on yourself from the catheter or on your partner from the catheter. Pee tends to bring people together, and it could strengthen your bond and have a leave a funny, sexy memory for you to share together. And so from there, when the pee is done, and when everything is finished, and when you when everything has been collected, usually what I do is I have the person show me the amount of pee in the urinal or the receptacle, and, and that way I can inspect the color, the smell, just to make sure that I'm okay and that it, that you know there there is no possibility of infection there. I like to check it all the time. Um, and so, so you would slowly remove the catheter from the person's genitals, slowly, very slowly. You don't need any lube for this part because the catheter's already been lubed up. So very slowly you would remove it and you would throw it out right away and then you would show them the, the amount of urine that they, they release. The output is what we call it usually when we're doing care. It's called output. Um, and you would then dump the pee in the toilet, clean the urinal right away, maybe with some cleaning product from your bathroom, or if, the, if your hot disabled lover brought anything with them, you can do that as well, and then you would put the urinal back in the bathroom, or back in their bag, wherever it is that they was stored, and uh, then you could go back to having hot sex, and that's, I mean, that's part of, that's all part of it, and then you, then we'd be done. But you would also make sure at the end of this process to wash your hands again. I don't want you to have helped me with a catheter and then you didn't wash your hands afterwards and you, you want to put your hands in my mouth for sex play. Make sure you wash your hands. I cannot stress this enough because that's how a lot of infections with disabled people happen is their caregivers don't properly clean their hands. and I don't want my lovers with dirty catheter hands trying to have sex with me. So again, wash your hands. And to all my disabled lovers out there who may be in this situation and in, and needing of this help and who may feel embarrassed about all this as it's happening and maybe like really shy about asking their lovers for help in this way, again, try not to be embarrassed and remember that this will bond you and your lover, even if it's a one-time hookup, it'll bond you and your lover in a way that many others will not understand and it's, it's an important, intimate thing Way more intimate than sex, I believe, so if you, if you do this with a, with a lover or a partner or a sex friend or somebody, it means that there's a big bond there, and it's re- for me, anyway, it's really important. Don't be too upset, and try and try not to hide the fact you need to pee because you fear that it isn't sexy. What else isn't sexy is going to the hospital because of your bladder bursts because you didn't ask for help. So remember that sexy people pee, too, and it's okay to ask for help in this scenario if you're the disabled one. But that's how you help your disabled lover pee, and that's my little how-to episode. I hope this made sense to some of you and was a good crash course for others who were curious about how how we use the bathroom and what that might look like for us. I do want to do other stuff like this. Let me know on the Pod Twitter or the, or the DisabilityAfterDark at gmail.com email address what other kind of how-to episodes you'd want me to bring to life around disability, stuff that you were curious about that I can illuminate for you on this podcast. But that's the episode. That was all I kind of wanted to do was give you a how to help your disabled lover pee episode, and that's what we did, so I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye! Alright, Disability After Act listeners, that's been another episode. Thank you so much for listening and shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast on the socials, you can go to DisAftDarkPod on Twitter, or you can follow my work on socials at AndrewGerza1. So my personal social media accounts for getting a hold of me is Andrew Gerza and the number one on Twitter on Twitter, Facebook, and all, and all the places, everything is all the same, Andrew AndrewGerza1, to follow my work. Um, if you want to go to my website, you can go to www.andrewgerza.com, where you can see some cool videos I've been in, some articles that I've written, and you can also book me to come shine a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between at your event through my website, too, so do that. Um... Yeah, and thank you again for listening to the show and supporting the show. And if you again, if you want to support the show, Patreon.com/slash/disabilityafterdark. That'd be awesome. Do that if you can. Thanks for listening, and um, we'll be back next week with a whole new show. Thanks, friends. Bye. Copyright notice: Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Cripple Content Creations with music by Chris Ugiugi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be distributed or used without express permission. Copyright 2020.